0: Uh, It's so exciting to uh, see everyone here today, and uh, welcome to those uh, joining us on uh, live, Facebook or YouTube. We're so glad that uh, you're here with us. If today is your first time, uh, my prayer is that you will be blessed as you gather and worship with us today, and we're so grateful that you're here. When we're singing that song, um, Let Christ Be Magnified in My Life, and I was just thinking about what God did uh, this week through our kids' uh, ministry, uh, the lives that were touched and so many kids that were blessed, over 120 kids that were here, that we were able to serve. Uh, that is how Christ is being magnified in our lives and in our city, that we are touching the lives of these children, and we're bringing him glory in our city. I just want to take this moment. I want to take this moment and, and invite you, if you, can, if you are able to, maybe stand with me, and I want us to give God the biggest praise that we can give Him for what He's doing in the lives of our children, because I believe that is the greatest impact that we can give to the next generation. So let's give God praise, amen, let's stand and give Him praise, yeah, Woo! thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're on it, let's also give a big thanks to our children ministry team, led by Nikki and the staff for the incredible job that they have done throughout this week. So can we do that? Just a big thank you to the team. Yeah, thank you, guys. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, B.C. You know, God desire for a praise— and our thanks, and uh, I just love to do that. Quickly, a few things that are coming up that we are so excited about and we want to share with you. If you've been attending uh, here at Horizon West Church for the past few weeks or months, and you really want to connect and know what our church is all about, uh, the vision and the mission of our church and what God is doing here, but also an opportunity for you to connect with Pastor Chris, our pastor, and, and Nikki, and the staff, we just want to invite you for what we call uh, Discover Experience. This will be on Sunday, August 15th, and also Sunday, August 22nd. Uh, We just want to invite you to join in. This will be an incredible opportunity for you, not just to know about the mission and the vision of the church, but also for you to discover your gifting and where you can deploy your gifting to serve and advance the kingdom of God. Also, if you want to be baptized, that would be an incredible opportunity for you uh, to sign up for that and we'll just walk you through that, what your next step will be. So please mark that on your calendar if you want to be part of that. And we just encourage you to please uh, join that uh, today. Uh, really honored to, uh, to to share the gospel today. Uh, pastor Chris is not here with us, but also just to take a moment and talk about the heart, a pastor that has a kingdom heart. Pastor Chris is uh, at another church nearby uh, preaching the gospel today. You know, talk about a pastor that really has a kingdom heart. And you know what? It's not just about us here, but we are called to be a blessing, and he stepped out of his church to be a blessing to another church, but it's, it's just the universal church, like we're all God's people doing God's work together, and uh, we are so blessed that he, he's able to go and do that. So when you think of him, uh, continue to pray for him as he is blessing another church this morning. Uh, today is the last week of our series, Summer of Impact, and uh and I'm really going to dive into your story in Acts chapter 9, uh, because what happened in Acts chapter 9 is when we go to that passage, we read about Paul, conversion Saul, uh, and you know, we kind of jump every other thing that is in that text. So today we're going to spend time as we look at people in the scripture that we often don't talk about. They are not like the Davids, the Saul, the... Peters and all of that. These people are just, we don't often talk about them, but really God used them in his own redemptive story to make significant impact in the lives of people. So today, we're going to uh, look at a woman by the name Tabitha. Uh, but before we read this story, I have uh, uh, This sewing machine looks beautiful, but it's not great. And, and I have... Uh, I, when I was in, in, in high school and college, this is what I did to actually sponsor myself in school. Um, so I, w- I would make clothes and sell them, and sometimes I would sit all night and, and make clothes. It was fun. Uh, you know, it's fun doing what you love and making money, you know, So and then paying yourself through school. It, it was really exciting. And when we got married, my wife discovered that uh, I, I love to sew. I love to make clothes. So... The first thing she requested was make something for me. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And she said, I have a sewing machine. And she pulled this sewing machine, and I looked at it, and I laughed. I said, this is a toy. She said, no, it's a sewing machine. I said, no, it's not. I so said, I'm used to industrial sewing machine, you know, nice, heavy. When you sit on it, it, it drives so nice and everything is so straight. And I'm like, this, this, is, this is a toy. And, um, and I said, if I'm going to make something for you, I need a nice cutting table, an iron, a nice scissors, and a nice machine. I said, I, I said to said, you know, this is, it's, it's art, you know, when you see you want, I need a space where I feel like I'm doing, it, it, you know, she loves to draw. I said, think about it like you doing your arts and painting, so sewing, sewing it's like that. I, I, she won't get it, she, 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 never, she never, she never, you know, after to today, I'm trying to get her to know that it's, it's the same like painting. So I went back and forth, I never made anything for her. She was frustrated. Um, And then COVID hit last year, and people were running out of face masks. And she came to me, and she said, can you take the sewing machine and make some face masks? And I said to her, I said, no, that is a toy. I need a nice sewing machine and a cutting table. And she gave me a look. And I still remember it up to today. She gave me that look and she said, really? Are you stuck in your ways, in your perfection? That even at this moment, you cannot serve people because you need a nice sewing machine, a nice cutting table. And I was like, okay, you got me. So I said, okay, I will do, I will do something. And before I know, in less than an hour, she went on Facebook and just posted it. And as she started receiving requests, uh, people were like, okay, I need one, I need one, I need one, I need one. I'm like, that was not the point. I just wanted to make two or three. Now I have to make all these face masks, and, and so we're able to send some to children's hospital, but it was it was a blessing to choose the opportunity to do the next simple, common, ordinary thing to impact lives. It wasn't like I didn't want to do it. And often to do good things, sometimes it's really inconvenient. But we choose to do it anyways. Today we're going to look at the life of Tabitha. And I was thinking of the topic to call this message and came up with something. Um, I want to call this message, The Power of a Compassionate Community. The Power of a Compassionate Community. And the story is in Acts chapter 9. And I'll start reading from verse 36. Uh, The Bible says, In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him to come. They said, please, come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows and presented her to them alive. You see, what is incredible about these stories, they didn't tell us how old was Tabitha. The fact is, it doesn't matter. They didn't tell us her age, but what we know is that her entire life is summed up in seven words. Listen to what they said in verse 36. Verse 36 they said, She was always doing good and helping. That is it. Thibita's life. She was always doing good. And help him. Always. Always. Not when it's convenient. Not when she f- feels like it. She, she was always doing good. And the matter of fact, when we become Jesus followers. When we make the decision to say Jesus you are my lord I will follow you we actually sign up to do things that sometimes we often don't feel like doing we sign up to do things that our flesh don't often want to do you know sometimes you don't want to forgive Especially when the hurts are deep and are so fresh, and and you can remember, and when somebody comes to you and says, you you, you need to forgive, you go, why should I forgive? I I don't feel like forgiving. But you see, when we become followers of Jesus, we're called into a new kingdom and a new way of living. And, And this new kingdom and this new way of living is called living by faith, not living by feelings. And when you step into living by faith, eventually your feelings will catch up with your faith. Sometimes it won't. <laughs> and you live in this tension. Because faith is driving your life and your feelings are going, ah, I don't feel like it. I, I don't feel like it. I-, I don't feel like serving. But faith calls you too. Feelings go, I don't really feel like loving. You go, but faith calls me too. And you begin living by faith, and if you're like me, my feelings are always trying to catch up with my faith. And, and Tabitha was just living that life. She was always doing good. Even when it's inconveniencing her, or even when her feelings don't, when she don't feel like it, just always doing good. Why? Because the text actually begins by saying in Joppa, there was a disciple. There was a disciple. A disciple is someone that made a commitment to say, Jesus, you're my Lord, I will follow you. So she just followed the ways of Jesus. And she was doing what she believed Jesus would do. She was always doing good. And then something happened. She got sick. Why did bad things happen to good people? You think, man, this woman was doing good. She was serving. She was doing all this good. And then here she became sick. And I think all of us can relate to that question, right? It's like, God, I'm doing my best. I'm doing all of this. And, and why am I going through this right now? So she was doing good. And then she got sick. You see, it's, often it's not what we go through, but who goes through what we're going through. With us. It's when we're experiencing hard times and difficult times, we have to remember that being a follower of Jesus does not mean we'll not go through difficult times. That is what the writer of Psalms said, even in the valley of the shadows of death, I will not fear evil because why? You are with me. It's like God is with you in the midst of all that you're going through. So Tabitha got sick, and and, and the worst happened, the worst enemy, which is death, She, she died. So they sent for Peter. And verse 39, verse 39 said, when Peter arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him all the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made for them. So they came to Peter. He'll Picture this. Peter is standing upstairs. You have Widows, they didn't tell us how many, but apparently it was in the city, the believers, so there are quite a few of them stood around Peter. And they were like, look, this is what Tabitha made for me. You see, that was before Industrial Revolution. So there was, as bad as my wife's sewing machine is, there was nothing like this. So Tabitha went through a lot to make clothing for this woman. She didn't buy them. You see? <laughs> she didn't order them from Target or from Express. So they said Dorcas made. She made them. She lived... A life worth living. She lived as to be missed. I stood around, they're crying and showing Peter, look at this, she made this. Why is this important? It's in this culture, Tabitha's culture, if you're a widow, and maybe before your husband died, you don't have resources to keep you going. And you don't have sons that were that well-to-do were to support you. <laughs> you can really feel alone in this world. And that happens even in some cultures today. You know, in a culture when husband dies, family comes and go, we have everything. right? So, so widows go through a lot. So this is important because for this woman it wasn't just clothes it was it was dignity restored if you're if you're in rags you can feel really ragged right you can feel man and, and, and Tabitha shows up in their lives and and these women have clothes and they can look at themselves and they can feel beautiful again there there was there was an elevation of self-esteem it was it was about restoring dignity for this woman what a big, Tabitha was doing to them. Clothing means hope, right? So these women were like, oh man, we are, we don't even know where to get this. And Tabitha enters their story and they are going, oh my goodness, God is good, Tabitha is here. It's like hope was restored, hope was restored. So today I want to talk about three things that we can see in Tabitha's life and how God can teach us something from this. Number one, what Tabitha did. Number one, what she did was unexceptional. What she did was unexceptional. You see, Tabitha lived just a simple ordinary life. It's Just a simple, ordinary life. You pass by Tabitha's house in the morning, you see her making clothes. You pass by in the afternoon, she's making clothes. In the evening, she's Just making Simple Ordinary thing. And I don't know about you. Even sounds boring. Even sounds boring. Just sewing. Making things. But the choice to just do the ordinary thing is what resulted to the extraordinary life. You see, often we want to live great lives. So we wait for great things to do to live great lives. And as we're waiting for great things to do, what is happening is all these opportunities to do simple, ordinary, common things just keep flying by. And we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't see them because we're looking for the great, big stuff to do. And we miss out of the incredible Opportunity to just do the next simple good thing. What Tabitha did, it wasn't exceptional. <laughs> it was just common. It was ordinary. It was simple. She lived an exceptional life, but her legacy was exceptional, because people started crying. Here's the thing, often, it's like, we often ignore good opportunities because we are waiting for great opportunities. And many of us will arrive at greatness, <laughs> not by doing great things. <laughs> but by seizing the opportunity to do the next ordinary thing, the next simple thing. As I was preparing for this message, I couldn't help but think about our kids' ministry. Just the next ordinary thing. right? We have all these kids, they were so blessed by just doing the next ordinary thing. We have, oh, I mean, 500 school supplies that came from these kids. 500. And you're talking of books, colors. These are ordinary things, simple, common, but can go a long way to make a great impact in the life of another child. Our kids team, just showing up. They were here on Monday. They were here on Tuesday. They were here on Wednesday. They were here on Thursday. What? Just to do the ordinary, simple thing. And the seed that was planted in the life of these children would last to eternity. Just that choice of doing the common thing today have an internal impact. Question for you. What is the next ordinary thing that you can do? What is the next ordinary thing that you can do? Some of us could be just a smile. You know, at your work tomorrow, just go in and smile and just say good morning to everybody. Some is just say, God bless you. A hug? Bake a cookie, take it to a neighbor. You know, parents that have little kids. You know how it goes. I remember before we had kids, we'll go out for we'll go out for dinner, date nights with my wife, and we'll sit and we'll talk and we'll go, oh, man, this is nice and you know, to a point that probably the restaurant will have to kick us out because we're having a good time. You know, now you go out for date nights and you're like, "Can we have to go box?" You know, because the kids are jumping, they're crying. You're like, "I just want to get out of here, All right?" It's like you're always going with to go boxes, but then there are moments that somebody will just show up in our lives and said, "We want to take care of the kids. Just go." Just the next ordinary thing. What are you going to do? Just the next simple thing. The second thing that Tabitha did, she was consistent. She was consistent. You see, we can all jump in and jump out. (laughs) Right? I guess I, I, I will do this as long as there's not any commitment for the next two weeks or for the next two months. I can just, if you need me, I can jump in and jump out. We, we can all do that. We all talk about random acts of kindness. Right? We, can, we can all do that. We can all see somebody in need and, and jump in and do things and, and go out. But... Random act of kindness does not really produce a significant impact. You see, Tabitha was not just doing random acts of kindness. It was a lifestyle for her. She was consistent. She so, said, I'm going to make this, and when you don't have, come back. I will make <laughs> some for you. If you don't have, come back. I will make some for you. It was consistency in what she was doing that led to the impact that she had on these widows. And when she died, the widows were like, oh my goodness. Tabitha is not here. We miss her. Jim Collins, the, the author of Good to Great, wrote a book called Great by Choice. Great by Choice. And in that book, here's what he said. Here's what he said. He said, the signature of mediocrity is not unwillingness to change. The true signature of mediocrity is chronic inconsistency. We don't build habits by jumping in and jumping out. We build habits by consistently doing things over and over and over again. And if we want to see great impact in our city but in the, also in the lives of people around us, we need a consistent lifestyle of doing good. Not good today. And tomorrow, uh, I don't feel like it. Because we don't live by feelings. We live by what? Faith. She was consistent. So don't look for... <laughs> Random acts of kindness. Rather, build a lifestyle of consistent goodness. Number three, what we see in Tabitha's life. What she did was humble. What she did was humble. And I was thinking of really how to unpack this and... It's a great book by an Australian author called John Dixon. He wrote a book called Humilitas. And and he talks about the life of humility. And I'm just going to pull some things out of this book that really helped me describe Tabitha's life of humility. Here's what he said. He said, humility... Is the noble choice to forgo your status. Deploy your resources or use your influence for the good of others before yourself. I never thought of humility this way. You know, I thought of humility is when somebody said, Great job, said, no, 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 give glory to God. Humility is a noble choice to forgo your status. Because each and every one of us here, if we're honest, we have a level of influence. We have a level of power. We have some form of status. But it's choosing to forgo that and deploy resources. And each and every one of us, we have some resources. Can we say amen to that? We deploy the resources we have or use our influence. Amen? We have influence, don't we? We do. If you're a school teacher, if you're a parent, if you're a boss, we all do have influence and we deploy all of that and use it for the good of others. And then he went on to say this. Next slide. It's a humility, it's a willingness to hold power in service of others. And when I read this, I said, this is, this, this is the life of Jesus. This is the life of Jesus because what we see in Philippians chapter 2, Paul actually described the life of Jesus. And here's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. He said, in your relationship with one another. So, Tabitha, in her relationship with the believers in her community, in her relationship with the widows, right? Because our life as disciples of Jesus, our relationship is not just vertical. Our relationship is horizontal as well. So Jesus came and set an example for us on how we need to live our life horizontally. So Paul said, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature, God, it's talked about his power. He was God. Did not consider equality with God. What Paul is saying is Jesus had power. Jesus had strength. Jesus had influence. But he forgot his status. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What did John Dixon said, he said... Forgo your status and use it for others. Jesus did not use his power, his influence for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He what? humble. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. You see, Tabitha died to serve so that she can make impact in the lives of others. The power of a compassionate community to make impact We must die to serve. We must forgo status. We must use our power, our influence, our resources, not for ourselves first, but for others first. Here's a question instead of asking this week am i humble <laughs> because sometimes i ask that you know am i am i am i humble here's how you know instead of asking the question am i humble ask the question am i using my strength power and influence to serve others that is humility That is humility. Let me end with reading this text. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, Paul wrote this. Paul said this. He said, Let us not become weary of doing good. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Because Tabitha didn't. She was consistent. She did it always. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the appropriate time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, to all people. And then he went on to say, especially to those who belong to the family what is the next ordinary thing that you can do and here's why this is important to never give up in doing good because God has been good to you and God will always remain good to you I love the song I say, his goodness, his goodness is running, and it's running after me. Wow. Can you just be good to other people? Because God is good to you, and his goodness will always run after you, run after your children, Run after your grandchildren, run after your work, run after your life, run after your generations and generations to come. If God is that good to you, man, let's make impact by choosing to be good by doing the next on another thing. Let's pray. God, we know that you're good to us. For the fact that we're here this morning is because of your goodness. The air that we take in and out is because of your goodness. We are so blessed beyond measure. And we can count our blessings one after another. And it will take us thousands of years and we will never run out of counting. We are so blessed. We are so thankful for your goodness. And thank you for inviting us, like Paul said, that we should never get weary of doing good because you've been good to us. We're not doing good to earn salvation, but we're doing good because, God, you have just been good to us. And I pray that you open our eyes to see the next ordinary thing that is right in front of us so that we can engage in it. Because you call us to live this life on mission, to advance the kingdom, and we do that by surrendering our agenda and getting on your own agenda. And we thank you for today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.